Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. Listening to this podcast could make you $1,000 richer. You're going to have to listen to find out how. We talked to the head of the Canadian Gaming Association about what April 4th in Ontario, Canada is going to look like. And what does Aaron Rodgers' latest deal with the Packers mean for that team's odds to win the Super Bowl? That and more as Guaranteed Money gets rolling. And welcome to Guaranteed Money. Ryan Doyle with you. Anthony Verrill, millennial entrepreneur. How much was with me with the mouth and millennial? It's yeah. an easy word. That should be an easy word off the top. How are you? You know what it is? You psyched Good. me out because you said right off the top before we rolled, you've got a lot to say about Rodgers. And I'm guessing that's Aaron Rodgers you're talking about. Yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I think that contract is ridiculous. Sure it is. Um, all, all things considered, it's kind of like they're just paying him as like a thank you. Um, I don't understand how any organization could pay him that. I mean, and now his MVP odds, the Super Bowl, their Super Bowl odds, the team ain't going to change that much. I mean, I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. I've said I know it a you bunch are. of times. Yeah. But I mean, I thought that I, I don't think that he's worth 200 million. No. Um, for the next four years going into his twilight. I think that's crazy. And I'll put it on the table again. Let me just be very clear about this. The Green Bay Packers will not win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback. So Green no. Bay, congratulations. You've got four years. I don't think it's going to go four years, but four years of uh, no Super Bowls. No. So good work on that. It's a joke. It's an absolute I, joke. I, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what, what is Josh Allen going to make in right. his next contract? Right. Because, like, you know, like, he's I not in his Bre- 30s. I get that Aaron Rodgers... No, I mean, I get that Aaron Rodgers is iconic. Like, he's like the hometown hero. Granted, he's only won one Super Bowl. But what $50 million a year, what is Josh Allen or any of these guys going to make? It's gotta, there's got to be a ceiling. There's not going to be a point in time where athletes are going to make $100 million a year. And not to like go on a rant and go off tangent just like right out of the gate. I like it. I like, like it. It's coming in hot today, folks. I, 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 I'm sure you shared my opinion that I, I mean, do. $50 I do. million dollars a year is, is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. I Listen, I think that there are quarterbacks yeah. out there that may be worth that, that may be at that value, but he's just not one of them. He's only got a couple of good playing years yeah. left. I don't think he's got enough equipment around him, meaning players and personnel around him, uh, to get to that next level, to get to another Super Bowl victory. No. I can tell you, the only Super Bowl I've ever been fortunate enough, I crossed it off my bucket list years ago, was that Super Bowl where the Packers beat the Steelers down in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was freezing cold in Texas. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the best moments of my life. Like sports-wise, one of the best moments I've ever had in life. I sat front row at the Super Bowl game. in Texas. It was a great game. Uh, the halftime show was absolute, no shit. Sh- it was absolute shit. It was the Black Eyed Peas. Um, and Christina Aguilera. <laughs> that and was Christina, terrible. And Christina Aguilera butchered the national anthem. So, eh, you know, all in all, uh-huh. it wasn't that great. But I did get to hang out with uh, Franco Harris. And I did get to hang out with Rod Woodson for okay. a little bit, which was kind of cool. And uh, I was, I was kind of really? Franco. Yeah, I'll tell you the story sometime. I was Franco Harris's wingman at some point. I'm just putting that, I'm going to put that on the table and Dude, walk back. I, I couldn't it. even tell you. I couldn't even tell you how he was as a football player. Yeah. For some reason, every time you bring up great football players, my dad goes to Franco Harris. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, that name resonates with me. But yeah, I mean, he was he was definitely was one of the greats. All right. That let's sounds do like a Super Bowl experience. It was. I was actually sitting with the guy who is now the mayor of Toronto, if you can believe it. <laughs> it's a very long Wait, story. Ford. No, 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 no. John Tory, who's the mayor of Toronto now. He wasn't the mayor of Toronto then. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. 
But it's a thought, very yeah, long yeah. story okay. how I got down there, but it was the best experience ever. I, I met Evander Holyfield and hung out with sounds him for a bit. Sounds like a hell of an experience. Yeah, it was crazy. All views on the Guaranteed Money podcast and the guests on this podcast are purely opinion. You should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment advice. The views on this podcast are solely intended to be informational and are not investment advice. That is the latest we've put that disclaimer, by the way. Yes, yeah. in this conversation. Luckily, we didn't. Luckily, we didn't get down to the. Uh, we didn't get down to the nitty gritty of the business stuff quite yet. That's exactly it. So you're all clear. Unless you you want to consider our Aaron Rodgers opinions controversial, and you're going to invest in the Packers, which you could do technically. Uh, I'm also excited to announce. Yeah. How great is this? We're going to be in Vegas next week for March Madness to kick off March Madness. We're oh, yeah. some great interviews, some great content. Uh, I'm also excited to announce this. We're hosting our own contest here at TDR with a grand prize of $1,000 in cash going to your winning bracket. The contest is going to go live right after the selection show this Sunday. You'll need to get a completed bracket in before the games tip off on Thursday. And then, of course, come back to our socials on Sunday. You'll find the link to enter the contest. Uh, You can actually head over to... uh, you know, YouTube, check out all of our other great content. But of course, we'll be talking about uh, March Madness. We'll be talking about our picks, our selections, our sleepers, our Cinderella's. But get into uh, TDR's March Madness contest uh, because I think that's great. I mean, why not put a bracket in and try to walk away with a thousand bucks in cash? Yeah, I'm actually not to harp on our last episode, but I'm actually in the Knights of Degen uh, bracket challenge that they have okay. uh, that they have going on. They're getting that they're getting the entire community into a bracket challenge uh, this year. And I mean, we'll be seeing them Friday at Top Golf and uh, in Vegas. They're going to be. We'll be there uh, in the afternoon. I love that. Uh, Paul Burns is going to be on the show a little later on. He's yeah. the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Uh, let's start with the big news this week, and not just Aaron Rodgers, but MLB baseball is going to happen. Uh, I can only think that this makes you happy. Uh, it will give me something certainly Very. to wager on in the summertime. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I just, I still don't love the theater of it all, though, when it comes to baseball. And I still think that no. they lose some of their market every time this shit, this shit happens. They do. I mean, they, 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 they definitely do. But the problem is, not the problem, it's the, the higher end of the demographic are coming back regardless. They've got them for life. Until those guys go into the ground, they're baseball guys. I mean, I know a lot of sports fans but and as far as baseball goes, if you're above the age of forty and you're a baseball guy, you it's it's religion um, to to you pretty much. The younger crowd, I don't even think they know what half the teams are. Um, I mean, I think that they're losing they're losing market share. But one thing that I have seen is the MLB is doing a lot of NFT stuff. It's doing yeah. a lot of Web three stuff. They're trying to get to that consumer um, via Candy Digital, via Fanatics. Um, so, I mean, they are laying the groundwork and trying to get the brand association and the interaction um, with that consumer. But they're also very, I guess, ESG and mission focused. So when they see negotiations between the owners and the commissioner, and I mean, they're splitting hairs just basically with like a dick measuring contest <laughs> that resonates with them as, as, as a net, as a net negative. I mean, I think the negotiations were ridiculous. The things that they were fighting over. They're totally ridiculous. And even when you talk about the idea of shortening the game a little bit with, you know, different little things inside the game that you can do, pitch counts and whatnot. Why is it that they're so rigid? And this is what I hate about old organizations like Major League Baseball. They're rigid to their death. Why would they not take a look at what is very popular in Vegas, what's very popular in betting circles, and reducing the length of the game completely? Taking a nine-inning baseball game, making it a five-inning baseball (sighs) game, 
Everybody would be happy yeah, yeah. with that. I would love that. I would, you know, I could take my kids. I dread yeah. the idea of taking my kids to a three and a half hour baseball game. I, same. I mean, I grew up, I, I literally grew up going to baseball games. My dad used to take me and my brother to the Marlins games twice a week. Um, like, I love baseball. But I mean, not to sound controversial, but when you look at like the MLB and you look at like the PGA, it's got the same problems that you're seeing in like the American government. It's the top end. Okay. They don't want to change the way that they think. They're stuck in their ways. It's why cannabis isn't legalized in the United States. It's what a 90% popularity. It's not 90% socially, socially acceptable. The people literally are speaking that we want things like this, but the top just don't get it. I think that's the same with the MLB. You've got the old guard in the, in the commissioner's office. You've got the old guard at, 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 the, at the PA, and then you've got the old guard with the owners. They're not going to change shit. I mean, that botched uh, change in the rules last year where you automatically put a runner on second um, going into extra innings. That's ridiculous. Like that to me is just it, it's just trying to put. Yeah, it, it's I, I don't think the game's ever going to change. Did you get somebody like a Jason Silver? I was going to say, did there. your dad just completely transform the game? Did your dad do the same thing when you took you to baseball games? Like I found like around the fifth, sixth inning, my dad would be checking his watch. I don't think we ever made it to the ninth inning. As Every game. game, Every game. <laughs> no, we were out by the seventh. <laughs> inning. Literally, I could, I could tell you with, with a hundred percent certainty, there were two things that were for certain. My brother would be asleep by the fourth inning. Yeah. And we'd be out of there by the seventh. And my dad always Every, used, tra he always used traffic. Game. He always used traffic as an excuse. Oh, we got to beat the traffic yeah, yeah. out here. I just oh, think yeah. he was bored out of his fucking mind, yeah. to be honest with you. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Seventh inning, sixth, seventh inning came around. He'd be like, Amp, they're getting gotta smoked. Go. Gotta or, go. or this this game is over and we're out of here. Yeah. Uh, interesting that news. That was every, every game. Interesting news from Caesars this week. The CEO purchased another 10,000 shares of Caesars, uh, according to SEC filings. Uh, the stock is up more than 12% this week. Uh, when you see a CEO dive in like that and become bullish in his own in his own product, what does that say to you? And what do you think that says to the market? I mean, I think it says a vote of confidence to the market. I mean, I'm a little bit weary, all things considered, with CEOs buying their own stock. I mean, the more the older I've gotten and the more reason I start to see people doing or having motives for fi financial gain. I mean, a lot of these CEOs that are buying stock, it's not really a considerable amount. Um, and I mean, if anything, they can always just write it off from a tax perspective. But the optics look amazing. We're talking about it. It's a vote of confidence in the immediate term. Um, it could be a big value driver for them personally in the long term. And they're obviously directly correlated um, to, 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 to both things. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a net positive, but as far as in like astounding vote of confidence or like a CEO coming in and buying their stock, it's usually something that I just put in one ear and out the other. Um, and I really don't take too much heed to it because it kind of I've feels seen CEOs come in and buy their stock. And then they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, well, like whether I lose or whether I win, I'm getting a fat paycheck and my options package is still going to keep coming on the back end. So, I mean, it doesn't really affect them per se. It's just optics. Yeah, it feels more like a PR move than anything to me. Uh, there's a company called Genius yeah, Sports that I, I it's wanted to talk. It's always a PR move. Totally. Yeah. Uh, there's a company called Genius Sports that I wanted to talk about a little bit. They they signed a deal with the Mid American Conference in the NCAA, the first company to sign with a major conference. Now they do work in the world of sports wagering, but from a data perspective. And I thought this story was really interesting. They're actually yeah. on their earnings call this week uh, on on Friday. Uh, looks like their numbers are fantastic. Their revenue is up. Uh, 
for me, they, I think they currently trade around the 4 or $5 mark. These are the kind of companies I'm very curious on when it comes to the space. We know about the major oh, yeah. players. We know about the DraftKings, the FanDuel's, the Caesars we just mentioned. But companies like Genius Sports that provide sort of that infrastructure, that backbone to these leagues, I think that's where I start to look as an investor. And again, we're not giving investment advice, but that piques my interest at the very least. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, these are going to be the, these are going to be the, ta- the takeout targets. Um, these are going to be differentiated platforms and companies that that if they scale and if they grab consumer market share, they're going to get gobbled up. FanDuel, DraftKings, they're going to come and be like, I need you. I need to boost my market cap. And we need to add another uh, another segment of the user base um, onto our platform. So, I mean, yeah, these are these are where you find value. These are where you find real value. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to speak with Paul Burns. He's the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Don't forget, of course, TDR, we are running our March Madness contest, grand prize of $1,000 in cash going to the winning bracket. The contest goes live right after the selection show on Sunday. You need to get that completed bracket in before the games tip off on Thursday. You can get all of the details and the link to our contest on our socials. You're listening to Guaranteed Money. April 4th in Ontario, Canada is going to be a big day. For many people, it'll feel like Christmas Day, long in the making. Uh, That is when Ontario allows other individuals, other companies to come into their marketplace and provide customers with the sports wagering experience. Up until now, it, of course, has only been the government that has run you know, gambling wagering through ProLine and Sports Select back in the day. Uh, of course, there's been gray market as well. But I want to break all of this down because I saw the big smile on Paul Burns' face. This means it must be Christmas Day, at least for him. He's the president and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Good to have you. So is it, I mean, is it, is it that big a deal? I mean, should we be getting excited about this? I feel like, you know, when we watched this thing go through the Senate last year, it it dragged and it lingered and there was, you know, thought that it might not go through, but here, but here we are. Well, here we are. And it is, uh, it is a good day only from the fact that um, I think for the people of Ontario, they're going to start seeing a lot more choice uh, in front of them. Uh, There's a very strong, strong take up and interest in, in entering the market from uh, sports book and casino operators. Um, but we see it from a couple of one Canadians have had this sort of unlimited access to online gaming forever. Um, so what we're thrilled about is the, um, the ability to, to have a regulated marketplace that there's, we're beginning to get a level playing field and allowing Ontario based and Canadian based operators to offer products that, uh, uh, in the sports betting space, especially, and we've seen some rollout through the lottery corporations across the country already, and we're going to see more in Ontario. And I think that's the that's really the nice, uh, exciting part for customers to be more choice. Obviously, we're thrilled as an industry because we begin to get closer to that level playing field with a regulated marketplace. I think Canadians will also start to see things like retail sports books in the casino environment is going to start to come. It's taking a little longer than we had hoped, but it's it's going to come soon. So. Yeah, it starts. Uh, it, it begins. Uh, I think a new, a new beginning in many ways for others. Allow companies to uh, to enter this marketplace that haven't been here before, and I think we're, customers are going to see choice. And I think that's always a good thing when they have. Uh, when they get a lot of choice in product. And I think that's going to make you it mentioned the, the retail sports book idea. So let's pick up on that for a second, because that's one of the biggest questions I get from uh, people in the space, people who are, are consumers, people who enjoy wagering or going maybe to Las Vegas or Atlantic City. You see the day where that's going to be something where you go to a casino and you're going to have a Vegas like sports book that people will be <laughs> able to enjoy. 
Yes, we hope so. We, I'd hope to have seen it by now, uh, frankly, because in, in the fact that really nothing, the April 4th date has nothing to do with retail sports books being available. And I know that casino operators in Ontario particularly are very uh, anxious to be able to, to uh, under the right condition, be able to get into a retail sports book environment. Um, it helps them in terms of offering amenity to customers uh, that people are looking for, because obviously, um, many of Ontario's casinos still on the border of, uh, of, you know, Michigan and New York. And, you know, they're starting to see those uh, show up in, in those states. And I think that that's, you know, we want to be able to compete. We want to be able to offer a full experience to customers. And especially coming back from COVID, I mean, the casino industry has, uh, bricks and mortar casino industry has taken it hard through the closures over the last two years. And having this amenity and the right conditions, being able to put out a really nice new offering for customers is important to them and they want to get it going. There's still details that the governments sure. and, and the agencies are still working through. Unfortunately, it's taking too long, um, but it's, uh, it's good. We're going to see it come. And uh, I think that it will be exciting. Uh, another dimension for the sports better in the sports betting people. I've sat on a lot of the earnings calls for uh, DraftKings, Caesars. They've all had their earnings calls rolled out over the last little while. And Ontario comes up a lot. As one would suspect, it would be the fifth largest state if it was in the United States. It's a big market that these companies, uh, I, I guess, want to treat. I'm going to use the word delicately because we've been referred to as a unique market quite a bit. Why is that? Why is Ontario uh, a unique market for a lot of these companies? And, and maybe explain how they these companies are going to treat Ontario a little bit differently. Well, one, it goes back to that gray market that's been here. Canadian Ontarians and Canadians have had them restricted access to online gaming as much as any site pretty much has been available to them. So we have brands that have been in this market for well over a decade. Um, Bet365, Betway, they have long built customer uh, customer relationships. So I call it a semi-mature market in some mm -hmm. ways because we've seen this. There's this relationship there. It's not Greenfield, not like many of the U.S. states where people the illegal gaming operators because the laws in the United States are much more cut and dry and what's legal, what isn't. Um, there wasn't as big of a take up because we're talking um, sports, you know, about a billion dollars in GGR earned out of Canada every year, about 40% of that sports. So when you look at, you know, that's a 200 plus million dollars, 250 in from Ontario alone. So there's there's money being spent. There's customer relationships there. So these it's going to be a breakthrough for those who haven't been in the market to be able to offer the brands, and that's where we're seeing you know the Canadian brands, the Score Bet, North North Star Bets, um, coming into the marketplace, and those like Points Bet who are you know branding themselves to the Canadian market and going to very great lengths to to build a Canadian brand. And there's others that are doing that too. And so when you see all of that come that customers and and there will be an increase in advertising and people will see them out there i mean we saw through the olympics with bet rivers introducing themselves to the to the ontario marketplace so you know it's on one hand there's a lot of entrenched loyalty but on others there's going to be some new offer and that's where this market's going to take where is it going to come from and where is it um how is it going to evolve and so the, the euphoria and rush is it's going to be, I think, mean, a little bit more muted in some respects, okay. in some ways, in some places. But in others, I think we're going to see a lot of, I think people get excited with new offers. People, the Deloitte's did a study recently saw that, on, yeah. on better behavior. 
And that showed me, and I think, where the, the potential is in the market. Because what you look at, as I've always said, there's there's a lot of sports fans out there, as we all know. And a lot of sports fans who bet on sports who wouldn't call themselves gamblers. They just like to bet on sure. sports. And it's it's kind of, it's it's an interesting part, but it's like the person who buys a lottery ticket said, I never gamble. You know, it's yeah. it's it's just the way they look at it. They're a sports fan first and betting on sports is part of the sports experience. They don't really see it as a gambling experience. And that's a, that's a, a segment of the marketplace out there that I think is really ripe for, for capturing that they haven't maybe sought out um, uh, one of the offshore online sports books to create an account with. Uh, maybe they've done it with friends. Maybe they've done it, you know, used the sports lottery products in the past. Or when they go to Vegas, they bet. Uh, I was one of those. I'd love to go to Vegas. I'll bet on sports. I hadn't really done it anywhere sure. else. So, you know, and that's a really, I think, a neat, when you look at that research and it talks this pool of of really potential bettors in, in, in the marketplace who are engaged sports fans. They follow their sports. You know, those are the people uh, that are really key to understand, getting them involved, getting them to open account and start to, place bets and, and understand how betting works because I think it can still be complicated for people, right? That's, you know, when you see a lot of numbers and no over unders and, and product is going to really be important. Uh, I think that getting, you know, giving experience, whether it's the, the fewest clicks or the greatest variety of offers. And that's why sometimes the in-person retail sports book is sometimes a great way for people to introduce themselves sure. to this. And there's, there's more time and, and they do it with friends and it's a more of a social exercise. So, but there is this dynamic, I think in the customers in Ontario, in Canada and Ontario, particularly Ontario around um, those sports fans that you now have to, to activate into uh, becoming sports betters and, and, you know, enjoying their favorite sport in a different, you know, with the, with the enjoyment of placing a bet or two on, on the, on the game. Now, if, uh, if the entries into the market, uh, where it's a racing form. This would be the Gideon Bible of racing forms. There are a lot of there are a lot of ponies in this race. We're looking at thirty companies that could be calling Ontario home and offering a product uh, out there. They're obviously not all going to survive. I mean, there will be consolidation down the road. I don't think that that's a, a secret, but everybody's going to try to make a run of it. Is there any concern on your end that this might be way too many players in the game, that it might lead to some sort of confusion, or is there enough of the pie in your estimation that everybody's going to get by? I think that this, it's it's going to be really interesting on how companies choose to approach the marketplace, um, because as you know that from the offshore sportsbook and casino operators, a lot of those sites have been run, you know, out of Europe or other places in the world with very little footprint or people on the ground, and and then you have companies that are now coming and setting up shops and hiring people and having boots on the ground in Ontario to to really engage the marketplace. There may be a difference that may be that may be a game changer for people that knowing that if you're here and you're present, you may end up doing better in the market or it may have very little impact. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that I think ensuring that the, the robust competitive marketplace, um, I think, is going to be um, really important. And that's even from the, from allowing the land based casino operators in Ontario to their their extension of their brands into the online space. They have lots of thousands and thousands of customers, tens of thousands of customers who they want to activate. And so I think bringing those 
um, into the space so they can create a relationship and have, they've got, a, I think, some unique advantages in being able to say, I can give you an experience in person and I can give you an experience online and I can create and my rewards program will be able to extend to both of those. Those are the kinds of things that are really important to make sure they're part of the marketplace. Um, in terms of, of, as I said, of customers, a choice is going to be tremendous, but I think we're going to see the um, very competitive. Some of the regulatory standards that are prohibiting advertising inducements, yep. um, deposit bonuses, odds bonusing, that's also going to, that's, I think going to make product more important, uh, the user experience more important because I can't just, it's not about how much money I can give you. It's going to be on, on the offer and appeal of the product and how they choose to position themselves. So there's some attributes to this market. I think are going to be different than what we've seen elsewhere because it isn't going to be a race to see who can give the largest deposit bonus or account opening uh, matching funds That's- and things like that because they, they, they can't be advertised but they are available to be offered. And that's going to be, that's the fine point. And so the mass market advertising really has to drive people. to. It's also going to cause companies and we know which ones, I mean, DraftKings, FanDuel, they, they were very bullish when it came to making those offerings, those mark spending those marketing dollars that way. It's really going to have them have to pivot a little bit and change their business model to appeal uh, based on those regulations. But they can still offer them, right? But that's the advertising. It's not the mass market advertising. And that's where, uh, the key is those, uh, you know, partnerships and affiliate relationships and other things like that are going to be extremely important um, to, you know, that's where I say the casino operators have a, have a good opportunity because they have huge databases already of customers who like to gamble. Um, and so not having to, uh, but when you look at, you know, others in terms of some of the partnerships that have already been formed and, and others in terms of marketing relationships, and you're going to see more of those. I mean, the Toronto, Toronto Star with North Star Bets. I mean, they have a database of of users of the of uh, the Toronto Star platform. They've uh, there's um, the score has millions of app users in this country. Who um, so there there is everybody's looking for the edge and activation. Even the the Bet MGMs and 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 Caesars Sportsbook. Um, those two companies have thousands of reward members in this mm-hmm. country. Um, because we are one of the bigger feeder markets to Las Vegas. You know, it's Um, interesting you mentioned the score, and I'd love to just talk for a couple minutes about it, because I keep making the case to everybody, don't look at what's going on down in the United States with the score. It's just a little different down there. Since I was basically in my 20s, I've had the score app on my phone. Everyone I know, every male at least I know, and I'm not trying to to be sexist here, but it's just the the company I keep, everybody has had this this on their phone for a very long time and still do as the way that they they check what the score is in individual games. I have to think that gives them an advantage to some dimension that's going to make a difference in this specific market. It might not have made much of a difference down in the United States, but I think uniquely here, at least in Ontario, I can't speak to the rest of the country, I think there's going to be an advantage there. Oh, I, I, it has to be. I mean, it is. I mean, I'm like you. I've had it on my phone forever, and it is my sports app. And and I think that that's um, that's their key of of they've got to activate those those app users into deposit making customers. That's their challenge. Um, you know, they've they've spent a lot of time and effort in building. I think a very robust platform that I think people are really going to enjoy. And, and so, you know, but it's, it's competitive. Let's, that's, that's not kind of, it's going to be, 
competitive. There's going to be um, uh, a variety of of offers and, and sports books um, because there's you know there's some great ones that have have had some very um, I look at Regal who have been partnered with the CFL this past season and they've done a tremendous job at working with the league and, and being their sports betting partner uh, already. They've um, those are, guys are Canadians. They're here on the ground and they're building a unique brand for them, you know, uh, based on partnerships that they've built with golf and football and others. Everybody's trying to find their way, their, their, their niche and their edge in this market. And that's why, you know, I think that's why I, I keep going back to uh, customers are going to love it. I mean, if you're looking for, you're going to have many really fantastic options. When it comes to sports, you, you mentioned football through the CFL. Let's turn to the NFL for a second. Curious to get your take on this. Calvin Ridley, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, made headlines this week. We are talking about an NFL player. He wasn't playing at the time. He was off with some mental health issues. Uh, made a bet in the state of Florida, we understand, through the Hard Rock app. Did it on his personal phone. There's a lot to listen. Paul, there's a lot of boneheaded problems with this story that I have, but is this a story? And I, I'll maintain, I think this is a story where we know the system then works. If we're talking about him, we know it works. He put on $1,500 in parlays. That seems to me that, okay, ticks all the boxes. The alarm got rung and now we're, we're sitting here talking about it and okay, well he's suspended and he'll do his, his penalty. It's exactly what it is. The system worked and that's the NFL has policies against gambling in their system. That. They're there. They're for everybody who works with the NFL or one of their teams. Uh, many other leagues have similar policies. Even in like the Ontario regulatory standards for gaming, talk about insiders not being able to place bets. That is really references to coaches, officials, league executives, team executives, all those people not being able to bet on their sport. They're not prohibited to do that. They also asking and requiring leagues to have integrity policies in place for their sports to be able to be bet on in Ontario. So those are all the, and, and that's we're Ontario's not alone, but that's an example of, of in it's, it's just, it's very much part of the DNA of sports wagering. Building the integrity piece is important because obviously it's the reputation of the sport in the league is paramount. And that player broke the rules and he got caught. And that's, and players need to know that that you will get caught because there are checks and balances in the system and there are ways that these things can be easily detected. You're not anonymous placing a bet on an online platform at any stretch. And so, you know, you can't hide from that. And, and so it's, um, it's something the leagues are all taking very seriously. And I think it's something that, you know, we, as an organization just signed an MOU this week with the international betting integrity association and they're an, an international association, uh, works, uh, and creates the linkages between sportsbook operators, sports bodies and law enforcement. And in many countries, these are actually their federal bodies or government bodies that create, there's the UK betting integrity forum, of which the IBIA is part of, um, that take this very seriously sure. and they, they look for and have built those linkages to ensure the integrity of sport. And even the amateur sport community is very, very uh, aware and the need for player education, uh, educating their officials and others, because even though we in Canada, we may not be able to bet on some of these sports. Um, doesn't mean they're not being bet on in other parts of the world. And match fixing is kind of a borderless crime. 
Yeah. And that, you know, you can be a match fixer in one country, fixing a sport in another and, you, you know, placing the pets in the third. And that's how, uh, that's why these integration of through like the betting integrity association of sharing data and putting it into, um, a common platform. So people can monitor, uh, line movements and other betting behaviors in real time. Paul Burns, President and CEO of the Canadian Gaming Association. Thanks for taking the time to come back. We'd love to have you back. Anytime. Really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Great conversation. Uh, you know, Canada, it's going to be a massive market going forward. April 4th, the date everybody's paying attention oh, yeah. to. So some interesting conversation there. Uh, you, we mentioned off the top, we talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you what the odds are. Uh, the odds didn't really change all that much when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They're still at about plus 900. But there were some there was some movement this week with the Denver Broncos, for example, uh, when it comes to the odds of them winning the AFC. It was 12 plus 1200 to win the AFC before Russell Wilson joined. It's now plus 700. I'm not recommending you do that, but I certainly will take a little sprinkle on that because that is a dangerous team. That was a dangerous team without Russell Wilson. All they needed was a quarterback, and now they have him. And the AFC is just stacked with hot arms and pure QB talent. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to go the betting route, but I will go out and say that Jerry Judy probably finishes the year next year as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's a great um, call. I think, I think Russell's going to go down there and light it up. Um, and that team was really good. They just didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, and at all. in comparison, um, the commanders, would, yeah, the commanders went from uh, sixty to one to seventy-five to one after signing Carson Wentz. So that tells you what the market thinks of him. Now, see, I think that's really interesting too, because who's going to play in Indy? I mean, they've basically got a Pro Bowl O line and the best running back I think anyone's ever seen in ten years. In, in in the backfield. Sure. I mean, someone's going to get inserted there. I'm hoping it's Deshaun Watson because it'd be really exciting to watch. Um, but I don't know who they're thinking about putting there. But I mean, I don't know if I would have gotten rid of Wentz. I mean, he's not. He's a game manager. But look what they did last year. I mean, yeah, you shit the bed in the last game of the season. You basically got to beat the Jags to get into the playoffs and then you lose. So, I mean, I do think that's a fireable offense. Um, but I do think that he had flashes of brilliance throughout the year. And I mean, Jonathan Taylor is not slowing down barring injury. That guy's going to just run through defenses. Yeah. I think he's a game manager, but in all the wrong ways, you know how they say that about Kirk cousins and it actually rings true. Most of the time he's a game manager. I think that if, if Carson Wentz managed yeah. to staples, the staples would have a foreclosure sign outside of it eventually. Cause he'd fuck that up somehow. He's just that he's just that guy. Now it, I, I, I do agree with you if the game's on the line and I got to pick a two minute drill of who's going down the field and it's Cousins or Wentz, I'm picking Cousins every time. Um, and I don't even like her Cousins, but I would con I would consider him a much more clutch, consistent quarterback than Carson Wentz. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Let me just say, I want to just uh, before yeah. we get into some of the stuff about the conference tournaments, March Madness. Are you well, let me let me ask then, because we've got a March Madness contest. You can check out all of the details on our social feed. The Dales Report TDR. Um, are you sticking with Kentucky? Yeah, I am confidence. I'm sticking with Kentucky. Yeah, I'm sticking with Kentucky. And then the other team that I've been looking at that I wanted to uh, probably add to that. I kind of like Baylor. Okay, I, mean, I like Baylor's. Uh, I like Baylor's chances of winning, and I was, to be honest, I was going to pick Kansas, but I kind of don't. I, I don't want to just mash our picks together here. Um, and you were pretty stout on Kansas, and I so, still yeah, am. I'm going Kentucky, Kentucky Baylor. 
Yeah, yeah I, I mean, there's I, no reason not to be. No, they and they're they're just crushing teams now, and I think they're starting to get into that real big role. Yeah. And you can still get them at a good value price out there. Yeah. So Kansas is my play. Remember that if you're filling in a bracket uh, on TDR's uh, March Madness contest, and you can walk away with a thousand bucks if you've got the winning bracket. Can I just close with something I've been doing the last little while? Because not often do we talk about wagering strategy, and that is a big part of of you know a gambler's life. Like if you're a better, if you're somebody who's in that space. Yeah. You know, first of all, you know, managing your money and making sure that you're managing your money the right way is key. But what I've been doing lately, and I've switched this on in the last little while, specifically during these conference tournaments, and I'm not saying follow me, but it's worked for me, um, is betting on the money line and money line parlays. This is the this is a good opportunity because you've got such a buffet of games going on. I've abandoned. I don't remember the last time I bet with the spread. Now, money line parlays, obviously, you're paying a little bit more juice. Uh, you've got some favorites that are minus 200, minus 250, minus 275. But when you start to parlay them, you almost start to equalize a little bit and get your the odds back into your advantage. Oh, yeah. I've done this successfully, and you know this because I've shown you the tickets, the last three, four weeks, and it's working really well. It's something I probably wouldn't have done two, three years ago. I looked into it. I did a little bit more reading on it. It's worked out it's worked out pretty well. And it might be the strategy, Anthony, that I use in the tournament itself. I mean, to be honest, I'm more also, I think the most, the thing I'm looking forward to most about Vegas is kind of following you into the sports book and just copying <laughs> your bets. Um, Cause I mean, I'm a fucking, ter- I'm a terrible, I'm a terrible sports gambler. Okay. I'm a good trader. Um, whether it's stocks, whether it's NFTs, whether it's crypto, whether it's fucking companies, I'm great at that sports betting. I, I just don't win money. I've, I've, historically probably lost a small fortune sports betting all things considered okay so, so yeah take so kansas, i'll be following take kansas, riding everybody. your picks take kansas <laughs> it's, it's, yeah forget I, what he I'll said be about riding your, i'll be riding your picks in, in in las vegas i love that all right so the next time we talk we're gonna have a, a podcast out next week and then we take off we will be down in las vegas wednesday thursday friday and saturday for the start of march madness follow us on social as well tdr uh you can check out some of our videos we're gonna do a lot of great behind the scenes stuff as well uh so we are looking forward to that And my big question, you know, when we talk about money line wagering, I've got a question for you. If you want to leave a a comment, what's your preferred method? Do you like the spread? Do you like money lines? Are you a totals person, meaning the over and the under? Let us know in our comments. We'd love to have that dialogue and that discussion with you. Uh, Drop us a comment in there. Uh, Until then, we've got a great show next week as well. I know we've got so many things going on on this podcast, and it's been so it's been so big so fast, which has been the enjoyable part of it. Have a great weekend, sir. Same. Same to you. See you in Vegas. Subscribe to Guaranteed Money wherever you get your podcasts and find out more details at thedalesreport.com. Don't forget also to check out our YouTube channel for more content.